Hey, kids, please cooperate and do your part in keeping this theater quiet so everyone, including you, can enjoy. Welcome to Cue the Banter. I'm Jared. I am Nick. Cue the Banter is a podcast about film and television. Correct. (laughs) The premise is, is that, you know, we like to watch movies. That's true. And TV shows. Also true. And at the end of it, we tell the other one to watch it. So, in a sense, we add it to their cue. Right? And then we let the banter ensue. Cue music. (laughs) Uh, So. Oh, yeah. The cue of a sacred banter. Wow, the killing of a sacred cue. (laughs) (laughs) So, this episode, we're going to talk about Yorgos Lanthimos is (laughs) film, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I added to Jared's cue at the end of the Take Shelter episode. Yeah. Is this... Is it, I have a question. Is this your favorite Yoros, Yorgos Lanthinos picture? <laughs> <laughs> Out of the three that I've seen? I don't know. Have you seen any of the... Have you no, seen I haven't any? seen any of them. But I mean, you've told me... I think you told me the ending of Dogtooth. And you told me... And I've seen a clip of Dogtooth where she like... Tries to get the tooth out of her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched Dogtooth in... School, School, right? Yeah, it was in my cinematography class. We watched Dogtooth. And I don't know, Dogtooth had more of like a... I still talk about Dogtooth because it's like kind of so strange and like out there. Yeah. And like I remember when it was done, like you've obviously, you've been in film classes. Mm -hmm. When it's done and the teacher kind of goes, okay, what do you guys think? (laughs) Loudest drink ever. (laughs) It's like, okay, you know, what do you guys think? And they go, oh, well, I like, you know, and then you start that discussion. Yeah, of course. I remember when this was done and you get to the ending of the dog tooth, Mm -hmm. not the killing with sacred deer. You get to the end of dog tooth and he was like, all right, um, so what do you guys think? And everybody was just kind of like, what the fuck? (laughs) Like, just like kind of quiet and like trying to still process. And he was like, all right. Go smoke coffee, like whatever. Clear your head and come back, and then we talked about it. So I, I think, I, you know what? I don't know. You know I don't, I don't know which my favorite one is. But, I think Dog Tooth has had the most lasting impact because right. at that time I didn't. Right, you. But by the time you watched um, the, the lobster, lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer, you were sort of used to it. I was kind of in that, right? Yeah, like how he made his. Yeah, because uh, yeah, he's a. It's a very. It's a very um, unique style. Very different. Um, sort of feel to his movie. It's very offbeat. Yeah, which Dogtooth is not in English. Okay. It's a Greek film. Right. Which I will say I did see uh, recently that they were trying to do a, like an English remake of it. Oh, okay. Which I think is a fucking terrible idea. Because I don't think there's anything that you should change in that movie mm-hmm. that would make it any better. Right. The, but I don't know. That, it doesn't really seem like a movie that needs to be americanized it's not like the the premise of that movie doesn't really seem it's very much a indie movie 
that yeah, I probably won't sell a lot anyway to an American audience. No, like I'll see you just to, to be, a mainstream. Just to be American. fucking mad at it. Right. It's not going to sell that much to a mainstream American audience. Uh, I mean, because you just look at, I mean, depends on, look at the lobster and the killing of sacred deer. I don't know the numbers on it, but I doubt they were huge. They weren't huge box office hits. No. So no, I don't no. see why, oh, let's make a worse version of this movie. Yeah, let's take Dogtooth and let's make it worse. It's like, no, just leave it leave it as it is. I don't, I don't know what you get. It's kind of like that whole thing with, oh, we're going to do Memento. It's like, leave Memento alone. There's no reason to do a remake of Memento. Right. And I, I was actually, I was thinking, because we were this, yesterday we were both in, we were watching uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yes, we were. In, uh, in the movie theater for Father's Day. And I remember just a lot of the time I was thinking, I was like, okay, because there's always been talk of them rebooting that and doing it, you know, like, oh, with, you know, Chris Pratt playing Indiana Jones or something like that. Um, And I was thinking, while I was watching it, I was thinking of who could possibly, who would be a good person to, to, uh, to play Indiana Jones. But I was, for the most part, was just thinking, you don't need to do a remake of this movie. Especially watching it in the, in the in the theater for no, the first time. You don't, there's no need for a remake. If you're gonna do it, just do something different. Right. So yeah, I don't know. the The idea of doing remakes so is is consumed sort of mainstream Hollywood to a point where some some of the movies like you don't like you don't need it. Like yeah, I can see. Okay, let's remake. Obviously, it wasn't a great movie, but let's remake a movie like Ben Hur, where we can have. You know, we have better special effects, stuff like that. But still, obviously, that, was, that wasn't a success. But there's some, like, a movie like Indiana Jones, you watch that and you're not like, there's never a point where it's like, oh, man, I really think that th- they could do, like, this, a visual, you know, an update, an improvement on the visuals. No, there's really no needed. need for it. I mean, there's, like, a scene where he's obviously standing and it's not lightning and thunder yeah, but and it look looks at, fake. Okay. That's, the no. only, that's the only thing that looks weird, but I don't need a sort of... A, I don't need an updated version of that. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah, no, I got you. The, so. Okay, it's... I, so Dogtooth, they look at it, they go, okay, this is a film that was, you know... People have obviously seen it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's different because it's a foreign film, so they're trying to make it American. American. Just watch it with the... Just watch it with subtitles. Right. And it's American. You don't... You know what I mean? I think... Because I think some of this strange stuff in the movie works better... As an American watching this foreign film, yeah, um, something like Memento to me is just a where we want to make we want to try and make money somehow, yeah. Because because I think the whole trick with Memento, like once you see it, you're like, okay, that's that's Memento, that's how this movie works, that's what makes this movie work here. When they remake it, they're either going to do the same thing that you're going to see, or they're going to do something stupid. As they try and you know what I mean, like a oh, but it's different, and it, I just don't yeah, understand it. No, um, yeah. So I mean, remakes. I think it works in some scenarios, and others it it clearly doesn't, and it doesn't. Like Dogtooth came out in like two thousand and three. It doesn't need a. It doesn't need an English remake. Ben right. Hur came out, you know, in the what? How fifty, sixty years yeah, ago? Yeah. So like, I can see the argument for that. This doesn't make any sense. This make yeah, or remaking like, a even Greek, Memento two thousand one or nine, or, you know, around that time. Remaking an indie. Greek film, I, I, I don't understand it. But, um, yeah, so I saw Dogtooth, then I saw The Lobster, and then I saw this. So I, I don't know how I would rank I, those. How I would rank those three movies because I think they're all, they're all on a different plane. Mm-hmm. They're all very strange. They're all kind yeah. of put you in a uh, offbeat, different, 
dystopian reality in a way. Yeah. Um, but kind of with this, like, this is a reality somewhere. Right. You know what I mean? It's a reality where there's always something that's off. Mm-hmm. Even when you don't have your finger on it, you're like, this is real, but not. No, yeah. It's just, and that's kind of how all of all three of those movies work. Right. So so with Dogtooth, what, it's about this family. The, the dad has um, they taught have, his, his children. They each word, like words mean different things to them than it does. Yeah, so like they don't learn about the outside world. Right. And he kind of keeps them in like this gated and kind of little community thing. And the whole thing is you can't leave until you lose your dog tooth a second time, which like you don't. You don't ever lose it. But so, yeah, that's the whole thing. So like so that's the concept there. Whereas Lobster, it's what uh, Colin Farrell's character needs to find a soulmate. He goes to this place to try and find a soulmate. And the whole agreement is, is that if you don't find a soulmate within 30 days or whatever it is, then you you're turn. turned into an a- animal of your choice. Right. And he's the lobster. So there's like, but yeah. So like in there, there's the people trying to find each other. Then on the outside of that, there's people that you're not allowed to be together. But so it's, it doesn't, it's not like futuristic side. It's just like, oh, here's the regular world, but shit is strange. Here's a weird concept instilled into this world. And, you know, the killing of a sacred deer sort of has that, too. I wasn't actually sure going, because I knew what the lobster was about just by seeing trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really know what this was about going into it. It's a little, yeah. The trailers didn't give you much. Yeah, so I was in, I was intrigued just watching it, just going into it, not really knowing what was going on and what was supposed to happen, and just seeing, okay, what is this movie going to end up being about? And then you know, we'll we'll get to it. But it, there is one of those things where it's you know, this is it's a normal world, weird sort of world. Yeah, but there's, it's a normal world that's just but there's a supernatural filter. concept that's yeah, it's kind of. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. Is, is it supernatural? Is it, it's just a... Right, yeah, I don't know if supernatural is the right word, but it's it's not, you know, like our reality. Um, so, I mean, we have Colin Farrell. Quite the opening shot. It's like the open heart surgery. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. It's But that's, a, it's another kind of like, oh, here's a, it's a quick jarring, mm-hmm. which is then... Um, so Colin Farrell is Stephen Murphy. He's a, you know, heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. So you start with the heart surgery, and then you kind of have him, he's just walking through the hospital. Yeah. And, so like, these weird Kubrick-esque shining following shots, like, robotically walking down long, well-lit hospital corridors. Yeah, I love those shots. The shots in the hallway. There's a couple of them throughout the movie. Yeah, and it's, it's like, I mean, you kind of have that, like, the music's kind of like a, like, yeah, I don't it's know, weird. it's like one note, it's not, you're like, okay, but the second time I watched it, I mean, I saw it the first time, but the second time I was like, wow, these are like a lot of the, the way the camera is, it reminds me of, like, when you follow Danny through the Overlook Hotel mm-hmm. and The Shining, these kind right. of just like, and you're kind of like, okay, here's a character, you I mean, that's really your introduction, is like, he's walking with his, um, I think he's with the anesthesiologist, anesthesiologist. which is Matthew, played by Bill Camp. Of of the leftovers so, fame and of the, the night, night of. of yeah, and probably a bunch of other things we've never seen before. I believe is he in? He might be in Midnight Special, which which is a uh, Jeff Nichols movie who we just covered uh, and Take Shelter. I believe he is in that. And that's as where well. they have that they have that weird conversation about the watch, right? 
Or say, I got a watch. Oh, yeah, I've been meaning to get a new watch. Oh, I got a new band for the watch. Yeah, and they're oh. talking about what the, the pressure can withstand. Yeah, for no reason. Like, yeah. <laughs> or just like, oh, yeah, how, what's the waterproof up to what? Oh, up until 70 meters. Oh, 70 meters. I've been meaning to get a leather band for it. Like all these, all, like most of the conversation in this movie are all robotic. Yeah. And that's kind of like, that's even the thing where you're like, okay, this reality's weird. Mm-hmm. Very like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's offbeat. And um, after Colin Farrell leaves there is when he goes and he meets with... Martin. Whew. Martin played by uh, Barry Keegan. Of Dunkirk fame. Correct. I almost said Interstellar fame, but whatever. Uh, of Dunkirk fame, a complete 180 turnaround <laughs> from his Dunkirk <laughs> character. Yeah, completely different. Um, yeah, so, you know, he meets him, and they're kind of talking, and he gives him a watch. Yeah, he gives him the watch. More watch. and More watch stuffs. Which they don't really go into. There's no reason for it. You don't know who Barry is. No. Martin. Martin. Like, yeah, <laughs> Barry you know. is the actor. Yeah, you don't know who Martin is, what their relationship is, but... Which, it's, like, really... Um, it, it's, like, weird. Like, it's very, like, kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, I remember watching it, and I'm like, what is going on with this kid? Like, yeah. why are they... And, you know, of course, when they talk, it's like, oh, why, thank you very much for this watch. It's very nice. Thank you for all that you do for me. And you're like, another robotic conversation. So there's, like, no emotion in any of these conversations, and I have no idea who this... Yeah, who, who he is. Um, but... I think what he's talking to him, he's like, I got you the metal. He's like, talk about the band. I got you the metal band. He's like, I might get a leather band. Which I, somehow like, goes back to the metal leather, leather band conversation. Yeah. A lot of, yeah, a lot of in-depth talk about watches in this movie. About watches and bands. Yeah. Um, so that's when he goes home, right? Yeah, and it's dinner with his family. Yes. Um, um, Anna, played by Nicole Kidman. Right. Uh, their children, Kim and... Bob, and um, let's see, they are played by uh, Rafi Cassidy as Kim and Sonny Soldrick as Bob, who the kids in this movie are both really fucking good. Yeah, they are good. They're both like very convincing as their characters and, and very, they're very fucking on point for the kind of movie that they're kind of being thrown into. Yeah, absolutely. Um and we don't see much of them to start off. I mean, you just see them. You don't necessarily know how big of a role that they're going to have moving forward. But no, no, no. At this I'm, point, but but yeah, they were they were really good. Yeah, and then so you have that the thing at dinner and conversations, whatever. There's nothing mm-hmm. now. Um, is it that first night when it shows the weird sexy them in bed? Yeah, when Nicole yeah. Kidman just gets naked and lays in the bed the other direction. Yeah, for some weird reason. Yeah. Which is not well. She's the, she's not naked. She like she's just in her underwear. Then he takes her underwear off. Because there's a part later in the movie oh, where yeah, she's yeah, naked yeah, yeah, and yeah. lays down and does the same thing. Well, yeah, weird. I have it written down. I said weird sex scene, and then I have in quotes <laughs> general anesthetic. I don't know if he says that. If like that's like the role play that they're doing. Yeah, I, I yeah. It's like you don't really know what they're doing because you you don't see him have sex. 
She no. kind of lays there, and then he goes to take her underwear off, and then it's like next scene. Yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird scene, and we still don't like we're still getting to know these characters too. So yeah, it's and like, we're learning literally nothing. Yeah, by anything that they're doing. So you except know, that they're weird. So in the next day, um, Stevens at the hospital again, and Martin shows up. Right, and he he has the leather strap. He has the leather watch. strap on the watch, but you know he kind of he tells. He's with the Matthew, the anesthesiologist, and he kind of tells him, oh, it's one of Kim's school friends. You're like, oh, it's one of Kim's school friends. Um, which at dinner the night before, they talk about one of her school friends wants to get into medicine. He should come to the hospital. So you're like, oh, okay. And then he, that's what he says. He that's says, what he Martin. says. He's like, like, oh, yeah, he wants to be an anesthesiologist. Like, oh, that's who this is. Yeah. And, um, it's not, <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, which is not, which like literally I'm, I'm, I'm watching and I'm like, I don't know what's, I don't know where I'm going here. Like when I watch this, I saw the trailer and said, okay, it's your ghost. I want to see it. I didn't really look into what the plot of the movie was mm-hmm. before I watch it. Like literally I'm watching it. I'm like, is Colin Farrell going to fuck this kid? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, is this going to be like, it's a, weird. Yeah, it is, is weird. It's yeah. like, is this going to be like a weird, like sex relationship with Colin Farrell and, and this kid? Like, yeah. Is that what's happening here? It's funny, yeah. It's because when you think about that's, I think that's the sort of the vibes that I I was getting in the beginning. Obviously, as the movie goes on, it's nothing like that. But like, it's back, way I, different. Than yeah, that. I almost forgot. I almost forgot. But like, yeah, watching it, I sort of had those those vibes. It's like, what what's going on between these two? Um, yeah, and it just also just feel, just the way that his the movie feels and the way the conversations sound. It's, it just makes you feel just a little uncomfortable. Yeah, which um, which obviously I'm assuming that's like that's what you're that's, you're that's how you're supposed to feel. Yeah, that's that's the point. Mm-hmm. And for me as a viewer, it works. I'm like kind of at this like uncomfortable, like what the fuck is going on? Why, why is any of this happening? Point. You know what I mean? Because you're still yeah. like there's still you're still kind of in that. Let's get to know everyone. Everyone's weird. Um, but I think this is when, this is when um, Martin invites him over to the house for dinner, right? Over to his mother's, which Stephen later tells Anna that um, Martin's father died in a car accident ten years earlier, and that he's taken interest in him to help the boy grieve. Which still, at that point, you're still like. I think this might be a sex thing. Yeah. Like, you know what a, I mean? Like, you're still at that point. You're like, oh, there's no father in the picture. And he's helping him grieve by having weird conversations where he doesn't tell anybody who he actually is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, you're, yeah, there's still, there's just, there's a, there's a weird thing surrounding it. Um, but also there's, there, uh, I remember one of the things I've written down, he has that banquet speech. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. he mentioned, there's a point where he mentions he hadn't had a drink in three years. Yes. And then there's also just some other point where I think Nicole Kidman mentions their daughter having their first period. Like the daughter having their, the kid yeah. has her first period. He like says it to someone else just at the banquet. I'm like, who, do people talk like this? Yeah, it's in, all. In this world, yes. But yeah, like, it's all it, weird Weird conversation. That are happening. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, then Martin and Steven are walking and talking and, uh, Stephen asks, asks Martin to come over for dinner. Yes, they go to Stephen's house first. For, yeah. So so now when he comes over, that's at the point there you're like, oh, this isn't a school mate. 
because the kids don't fucking know him. No, yeah. And that's when he shows up and he has like these gifts. Yeah, it's like weird. Yeah, what did he he give? Uh, it's a music note for um for for, for Kim. Kim. Bob is I don't remember what it is. Yeah, I have music note for Kim, and then I don't, I don't know, like that was. And then you literally passed out at that scene. Yeah, no, I, so I don't for, know what Bob was given. Nicole but. Kidman gives her, uh, he gives Nicole Kidman, is it lilies or he gives her roses? I heard you like lilies, but they didn't have any or something like that. Mm. He gives her flowers, so everyone gets a gift. Right, and then you have the the all three of them. So you have Martin, Kim, and Bob, Bob are hanging out, and he's all in the bedroom. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you know, can I smoke? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, go ahead, smoke out the window. And Bob's like, I'm going to tell Dad. And that's when he has this, that's when they smoke. And then and then they have the the hair conversation, which yeah. is the, oh, do you have hair on your chest yet or something like that? And he's like, oh, yeah, I have a little bit. He's like, oh, what about your armpits? And he's like, yeah. Oh, well, can I see it? And he... Just says, oh, sure, like it's a normal... I guess it's a normal thing. Yeah, so like he kind of shows him, and he's like, oh, my dad has like way more hair than you. Or, you know, my dad has five times as much hair as you, which is weird and uncomfortable that it's three children having this Mm -hmm. conversation. So once again, it's just like... Weird. You're still trying... Yeah, you start... For me as the viewer, what he does, what Yorgos does really well is like, it makes it hard for you to grasp onto the reality that the story is happening in with each of his movies. Yeah. But like in this, you're trying to like, why is this normal? Like yeah. You're trying to find the normal spot in this. And it's hard to get that connection to what is normal about anything that you're seeing. Yeah. Um, and in this, I mean, the, the one thing that I, that, that you really, yeah, you really don't, you don't really know why why it is the way it is. The one thing you do understand is Kim is interested in yes Martin. That you pick up on. They go for a walk, and then he has her sing to him. Oh, which I love that scene. Yeah, I love when they. It's go a great for the shot walk. too. Yeah, it's a slow shot. She's up against the the tree, and she's singing. Uh, yeah, that's what's the what song is that? I I have no idea. Light it up, up, up. Dun, dun, oh, dun, yeah, yeah. Burn, um, burn, burn. Yeah. Right. Um, and we're going to light it up, up, up. Dun, 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 burn, burn, yeah. burn. Because she's in the choir, so she's singing for him. But it's still this, like, another awkward, awkward weird scene. she's not great. She's not great at no, singing. No, she's really not great at all at singing. <laughs> she's just about as good as I just was. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Which, yeah, but that that... That scene I love. And that's when they come back and he's like, oh, where'd you guys go? And it was, oh, we just went for a walk. Mm-hmm. Weird singing walk. Weird singing walk. Uh, um, which, so after they have, after they have that dinner, Martin, um, he invites Stephen over to have dinner with him and his mother. His mother played by Alicia Silverstone, Batgirl. Wow. <laughs> um, so when he goes and he, he has dinner there, which is... Well, then there's also the scene he's in the parking garage and he sees 
Martin. And then he calls him. He's like, did you come visit me at the hospital? And he's like, no, I wasn't, I wasn't there. That's when the anesthesiologist tells him I saw Martin in the parking garage, right? Yeah. Well, no, him? no. There's a part you see him driving. And he looks over and he sees him. Oh, is there? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he calls him and he denies being there. Um, because he brings it up when he goes over and he's like, were you at the, did you visit me today? And like, no. And every time he comes, he kind of says to him like, Hey, let me know. I would hate for you to have to come here while I'm in surgery and wait all this time, which as you're watching, you're like, he just doesn't want anyone to fucking see that this kid keeps coming to the hospital. Right. Um, so still you're at that point where you're like, is there like a, is there a relationship thing going? You're still like, well, I don't know what's. What's he doing here? Yeah, and then, then I mean, this scene with the dinner is where you sort of realize that it's not like that because... Yeah, it's he, like... Yeah, like, you want to watch a movie? They end up watching a movie, and then he, in the middle of the movie, what, he's what, like... What is the, me, it's Groundhog Day. Ground, yeah, and then he's like, let me... Like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm going to go to bed. So it's just him and his mom... That's watching Groundhog Day. <laughs> and then they're sitting there, and she talks about his hands. <laughs> and how beautiful they are, and it's weird. And then what? Is that what she, like, That's tries when to, she grabs his... <laughs> that's when he punches the mic. That's when he punches the mic. <laughs> that's when she grabs his hand and starts kissing him and then starts sucking on his fingers. Yeah. And then he, like... He doesn't move right away. And then he does, and he kind of gets up, and he leaves, like, rather politely. Yeah. Oh, no, I must be going now. <laughs> uh, you know, weird. <laughs> it, it just, like, leaves. There's no, like, why are you sucking yeah, on my, my fingers? Yeah. Like, why, are you, why are you blowing my hand? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Which Colin Farrell, I will say in this movie, dynamite hair and that fucking beard is a 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. It's a good beard. It's a solid beard. Good hair and apparently beautiful, beautiful, beautiful hands. hands. It's not the last we'll hear about his beautiful <laughs> hands. Um, oh. Yes. It's like, this is... So, this movie's weird. Um, um, then Martin shows up at the office again, but he has chest pain. He's like, I, you know, and he wants... In his weird fucking way he talks. <laughs> and then he asks to see... His chest hair. His chest hair, because... Because Bob, Bob said that he had five more times chest hair than he did. Come on, Bob. Yeah, like... We do, like, Bob. Like, so we're coming back to, like, this weird... So you kind of had the thing with the watches, and I have this whole thing with the hair. And even Confer, I was like, what the fuck? So, you know, he, like, unbuttons his shirt, and he pulls it up, and he's like, oh, you have more than me, but it's not five times as much like Bob said. That's a really good... <laughs> that's a really good Martin impression. That's, that's one impression that you can do. Is <laughs> I'm pretty actually pretty impressed with that because that's the way he talks. Yeah. I'm gonna try it again next time I have something that I want to say that Martin says, and it's gonna be not as good. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely not. But yeah, that I mean, isn't that that's kind of where like he gets in this point where he's kind of like calling him more often. Yeah, he's like kind of he's like being a he's being like a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. He's like um, kind of won't stop bothering him at this point. Yeah, and he he says he talks to him about how him and his mom, Stephen and Martin's mom, would make a good couple. And, oh yeah, he talks he's about like, her body, know, right? Yeah, she got a good. She's got a good body. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she used to be a little heavier, and then she lost the weight, and she looks very good now. And I think you guys would look great together. <laughs> yeah. And, th- and then there's this, <laughs> it's really, it's, I enjoy it. It's really good. Also, the next scene or the next part, you see him, he's at the diner and he calls him and he's like, hey, like, can you come meet me here? 
I'm at the diner. <laughs> and he's like, I can't. Like, I, he's like, I'm busy. I think he's, he's at a, a... He's at the diner as a robot. As a robot. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was on point there. Yeah. But wait, yeah, that's true. He's think, like, oh, yeah, he keeps asking him, can you come meet me? And he's like, no, I can't. I have surgery or he can't meet him for whatever reason. Or, yeah. Like... He's like, yo, please, could you please come over here? I really need to talk to you and really need to see you. And you're like, okay, it's not, I think kind of here is where you're getting like, okay. This is where, so he calls him, Stephen is at the anesthesiologist's house. They're oh, like, yeah, that's yeah, when they're, they're like, having, can you, can like you take, lunch. that's when he tells him to take the, take my fish off now. I don't like it burnt. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is, it's just like, a, I don't know why I remember that part of the movie. It's just like a weird thing. It's a weird, yeah. Oh, don't worry. Food will be ready soon. Take mine off now. I don't want to burn. Right. And so, well, he gets off the phone with him, and then Matthew, the anesthesiologist, says, "I, I saw, saw him. Your, yeah, I saw him at the at the uh, at the hospital." Is he kind of like night no, in? He wasn't at the hospital. He's like, "Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him." And he's like, "Oh no, it must have been somebody else." He's like, "Oh, it could have been." Really, yeah. really looked like him though. Yeah, and like you kind of get the sense that Steven's getting a little nervous. Like he's like, "This is kind of like he's like this kid's kind of like following me now." Okay, so now at this point, rather than kind of before where you have like he doesn't have a father, or I'm trying to help him grieve, I'm buying him gifts, almost like not. Since it's so weird, it's it's not. I don't want to say predatory mm-hmm. from Colin Farrell's part, but almost a little bit. Like it's like okay, maybe he's getting he's entering a weird territory here, and kind of at this point is I think it's. When you go, it's flipped. You're like, oh, okay. Now it's Colin Farrell is just trying to live his life, kind of go normal like it was. And now Martin is kind of like getting, Imp- being, the, on yeah, that. being that predatory kind of figure. Right. And uh, the next time we see him, it's another predatory is a good word, I think, for because the, the next time we see Martin, he uh, brings Kim home. On his like motorcycle or whatever, the scooter. Yes. And she invites him in. He's like, I, no, like, I got to go do stuff. And then he just sits outside. Is that the scene at night on the bike? Yeah. When they're riding on the bike? Because that shit is gorgeous. With yeah. With Kim on the back of the bike holding on to him. And it's that like weird, eerie music and the way your hair is kind of... Fl- I love that shot of the scene. Yeah. That, that whole little... That short little sequence of them on the bike. I'm just like... Oh. It's, I think it's, I yeah. think it's oh. beautiful. Yeah, there's some, there's some really good shots in this, which I mean... He's a, I've only, this is the only movie I've seen of his, but he's a very visual, he's a a strong visual filmmaker. I mean, there's a reason you watch one of his movies in your cinematography class. That is true. Also, the teacher of that class, his name was Byron Karabatsos, also Greek. Oh, look at that. So probably a little biased. (laughs) A little biased uh, towards the movie. Um, (laughs) Hold on. The cinematographer for this movie was, Jesus, come on. It was really? Jesus. Jesus did the cinematography. <laughs> really, of this movie. it's Thimios Bakatakis, which I'm saying wrong. Thimios Bakatakis. <laughs> it's uh, the guy who also did Dogtooth for him, and also did the Lobster. The Lobster. And it looks like a bunch of other movies that I have never heard of. Fair. Either way, he is very good with. It makes sense that he has this, that same cinematography. Yeah, cinematographer to kind of build that kind of like that yeah. that world without picking up your phone again. What was the name of the cinematographer? Thimios Bakatakis. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. I feel really bad that I'm saying it wrong because he's extremely talented. And this is a movie podcast. We should be more respectful. <laughs> um, so I, at this point of the movie, I still have like I still don't really know where it's going. 
No, and then that's, until the next scene, which the one thing a we, little we, bit, which I I forgot we should bring up is kind of the relationship that um, Stephen has with his kids. Yeah, that one point when he's at home, he kind of has the conversations about Kim. You walk the dog, Bob. You water the plants. You water the plants. Don't try the mom not and, feeling good. You, and Nicole came in and was like, "Oh no, like I, I did them like or like she would, she would like, don't let your mom do them. She's gonna do them. But she like, can do them, but don't let him do them. And she already did them. But that's when he has the whole thing about like Bob, we didn't get your haircut. Yeah, I told yeah, you yeah. Your haircut, why have you got your haircut yet? Which is weird because Bob's like eight years old, right? Maybe not eight, ten, whatever he is. But it's like, yeah. And then Bob had a reason, like he was waiting for something, waiting, you know, for after. Yeah, there was a there was a reason why he was waiting, right. but it was still like this kind of very like he's very stern with Bob. Yeah, way more so than Amy, Kim. Whatever. <laughs> it's a three letter word with an M in it. Close enough. <laughs> what was the name of the cinematographer of this movie? Thimios <laughs> Bakatakis. I don't even know. I know Thimios is his name. Um. But yeah, so at this point is where they wake up, because I think knowing that kind of about it kind of plays in when they wake up, and he's like, where's Bob? And he's like, oh, you know, he likes to close his eyes, uh, you know, when he gets up, before getting out of bed. He's like, have you seen the time he's going to miss the bus, and I'm not taking him to school? So he kind of runs upstairs, and he's like, Bob, let's go. And that's when Bob says, I can't feel my legs. Right? Or my legs are I can't move. Can't move. He's like, okay, Bob, I get it. Yeah, I shouldn't, I should have known. This movie, this movie is never that clear. Yeah, it's not that direct. Yeah. It's like, come on. He's like, uh. I can't move. And it's like. He's like, okay, let's go. Let's go. Let's get to bed. He's like, no, I can't move. move. So now Bob can't feel his legs. So they take him to the hospital to have tests performed on him to try and figure out what is causing this problem. Right, they go to a neurologist. Yes. And they say, everything is fine. You know, just have him rest for a little bit. And yeah. Everything's going to be fine. And then he walks out. Yeah. Like, hey, like, uh, they go down the escalator. Yeah, which is an awesome shot. Yeah, the the aerial, like, this, this from, the, from the ceiling from down. Top, looking down on him. And then just as the camera's above him, they get to the bottom of the escalator. Bob collapses. Yeah, again. his legs give out. Um, and, but then the, neuro- the neurologist says, again, everything is fine based on their tests. Which is, you know, which is weird because now you're like, okay, now you're adding something else into this. Because you're still trying to figure out what is going on with each of these people. So now you have the thing with the legs, with Bob not working. Um, and so that's when you get... Martin coming to the hospital and demanding mm-hmm. to talk to Steven. Demanding. Yeah. He tells like, him, like, you're going to talk to me. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, not right now. Like, like obviously. I'm, I'm in the cafeteria. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it, it, yeah. it's like, get up here. Um, So that's when Steven and Martin now, when they're sitting with each other, this is not that weird friendship anymore. It's the complete opposite of a friendship. And now you kind of get what is going on. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. With everything. Mm-hmm. This is where you finally sort of figure out. That's where I, this is where, okay, like now we know what this, because yeah. I didn't, obviously didn't know what the movie was going to be, where the movie was going to go. But uh, what Martin tells Steve, 
Um, he tells him that he he blames him for his father's death in the failed surgery. Right. So he didn't die in a car accident. He died on the operating table with Stephen as the the surgeon. Mm-hmm. Um, he he tells him like straight up, I blame you for the death of my father. And then he explains to him that he has to balance it out. He, Stephen has to balance destroying his family by killing one of the members of his own family. Yeah, and if he doesn't... Then they'll all die. Yeah, and so he... Well, he, gi- he gives them a list. There's four stages. Para- paralysis of the limbs. Mm-hmm. Refusal of food to point of starvation. Bleeding, bleeding from, from the, the eyes. eyes. Death. Those are the four things that we've obviously seen. So we're already at the paralysis of the limbs with Bob. With Bob. And it's kind of, you know, he kind of goes like, no, 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 you're not, you're not getting it. And he only has a few days to decide. Yeah. And he has to, and this is not, you know, this isn't, I, I kind of like that it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's not you have to kill yourself or your whole family dies. It's kind of like, no, 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 there's no, if you kill yourself, your whole family still dies. Because this is not about me getting back at doing to you what happened to my father. You're going to have to ruin your family the way you ruined mine. Yeah, so he and has to... And you're going to have to live with that. Right. And... You know, and that, yeah. you know Martin's kind of like, I, I've already told you, I've already told you, you're running out of time. First it's going to happen to your son, then your daughter, then your wife, and then they're all going to die unless you make that choice. Right, and he has... So he has security escort him out. That's sort... That's like the sort of... Yeah, the, like his... This whole time, he's tra- he's been polite to Martin. He's like, Martin, like, you know, I'm busy. Can't do this right now. Can't do this right now. And then this, at this point, obviously, he tells him this, and that's where it's the breaking point. It's like, like he has security escort him out. He's not interested in trying to be polite about it because obviously he just told him something that he didn't necessarily believe. Yeah, but, but then that's when he goes up to the room and Bob won't eat. Yeah, Bob's refusing to eat, and he like, what's that? He, that just like, he, he has donuts, mm-hmm. and he says, okay. Have a donut. No, I don't want one. No, you're just saying you don't want one because you think that we don't want you to have one. Like, yeah, you can have one. Like, you it's can totally have okay. Nicole Kidman's like, he doesn't want one because she doesn't know this part yet. And he's like, no, he wants it. And that's when he takes the donut and he sh- he's like on top of Bob and he's like, shoving a full cakey donut into his mouth. And Bob's like... Not having none of it, completely refusing, which mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, anybody would refuse, but completely refusing it, spitting it on the floor. Right. And it's kind of like that first hint that like, okay, Colin Farrell, Steven, he's kind of, this is kind of, he's starting to be on shaky ground here. Yeah. He's kind of, you could tell that, okay. It's really starting to affect him, yeah. Yes. Uh, and... I mean, at that, at that point, we've seen paralysis, paralysis of the limbs and refusal to eat. So obviously, you're going to start believing. Yeah. You're going to believe what Martin is saying. Yeah. So then they have, you know, they're still tr- trying to run tests on them. Yeah. And then you go to choir practice, which is a great wide shot of right. But actually, there's another scene before before that, which is I have written down here, and it's kind of weird. Okay. It is Martin and Kim. They're hanging out, and he asks her if she's on her period, and then she takes her dress off, 
and then he leaves. When they're at the house. When they're at the house. And Kim he, lays on the bed the exact same way that Nicole Kidman laid in the bed right. in the scene at the start of the movie, which is like really cool. cool. But at the same time, you're like, why did her and her mom lay on the bed like that the same way? It's strange. It's weird. And that's when um, he has that, you're the most beautiful girl I've ever yeah, and he, seen. She says, I love you. Um, and he's like, deuces. <laughs> <laughs> Peace. Yeah, for her, he just leaves. Yeah. Like, what? Peace. Um, but the, yeah, then the, so we go back to the hospital. Bob's nothing detected with, uh, with the tests. Still won't eat. Um, then someone brings up the psychosomatic disorder that suggested that's what it could possibly be. Uh, so that's when he tries to take Bob for a walk. And he's like, that's when he's like forcing him to walk. That's when he picks him up and he's like, okay, Bob, come on, let's go. Which, like, he's like, Bob, if you tell me now. I won't be mad. Just tell me. It'll be okay. But, like, remember, he's dragging him in the hallway and, like, dropping him. And Bob's, like, hitting the ground. And you're kind of like, you're like, oh, that's real shitty. But then again, at the same time, you're like, okay, this is almost like, listen, dude, you need to fucking walk. There's yeah. no way that this shit is actually happening. And right. And he's kind of realizing it. And then he's on the ground. He kind of has that conversation with him where he's like, okay, let's play this secret game. Yeah, I'll tell you a secret. I'll tell you a secret, your darkest secret. You can tell me yours. And it's kind of hoping I'm going to tell him a secret, and then he's going to go, oh, Martin told me to do it. I'm fucking around kind of thing. Yeah. And so the secret that Steven decides to tell is about jerking off his drunk dad while he's sleeping. Yeah. Because he talks about, like, oh, when I started masturbating... And I would ejaculate, not a lot came out, and I thought something was weird and something was wrong with me. So one day my father, who would drink, was asleep, and I went in, and I reached into his pants, and I grabbed his dick, and I jerked it until he ejaculated all over the sheets. And then I went to bed, and I've never told anybody that. Now what's your secret? Yeah, it's... (laughs) It's like at that point, if like... I'm trying like I'm trying Bob then like just like die, right? That's (laughs) bleeding eyes, Bob's dead. Roll credits. Yeah. That's it. Kill me now. But that, <laughs> that's... Happy Father's Day. Yeah, which that's one of the things where you're like, oh, wow, that is... Well, okay. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Come, like, you know what I mean? It's Come on, your ghost. Yeah, it's one of those things that where it's like, all right. But that's kind of the... I, that's you're just like all right. It's almost at this point of the movie. It's like that's, you're like, of course, yeah. That's that makes the sense. That makes <laughs> yeah. sense within this realm of like this filmmaker's mind and the kind of shit yeah. that he's done before. It's like uh, okay, <laughs> who thinks of this stuff? Like that's what, the, yeah, yeah. Like what, so like, it happens and it's like what the f- fuck, dude? Like come on, so, come on, man. <laughs> so um, then after that. Choir. Then we go to the choir, which is that great wide shot of the choir singing. And slowly what moves in, Moves right? in, kind of. And I knew, right? I was like. You're like, oh, it moves in. And I forget the song they're singing. Yeah. Um, was it Silent Night? I don't. For some reason, I always think it's Silent Night. And Silent Night. You also thought light. Take Shelter was in Texas. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why are you like that? <laughs> but no, it's just like wide shot right. of this choir and the camera slowly moves in as they're singing. And as you get closer and closer, it focuses on Kim and then she just collapses, which is great because you don't see her. You kind of just see her head in the head of everyone in the choir and then her head just drops to the ground. That's a, and then you get that kind of... Yeah. The like, that music that's like, oh, shit. Kim's legs aren't working anymore. Mm. So yeah. now they have, now both kids have the paralysis part. Yeah. 
So now you're like, okay, this is not like this is actually happening. Yeah, this is yeah. This is this is not normal. And uh, she also won't eat. Once you're in the hospital, she won't eat. Yeah, either. she won't eat. Um and Steve goes to Martin's house and he threatens him. He tries to like knock on his door and he's like, oh, I know you're I'll, in there, you motherfucker. Yeah, I'll kill I'll kill you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I love that scene. You can tell the car, he's screaming, right? Oh, I'll fucking kill you, you motherfucker. I know you're fucking in there. Right. And so then the next thing Steve does, which I actually was interested, interested me a lot, because like it, it's not what I would have expected the movie to go. You know, you kind of expect, okay, he's not going to tell his wife or anything. Like he's just, but he, he goes and he says immediately to her, like he explains to her what's going on. Who Martin's father was, what happened. Right. And that's when she asked the question. Were you drinking that day? She asked him, were you drinking that day? Which goes back to that whole conference that he talked at and about him not drinking. And that's when he says, a surgeon can never kill a patient. Anesthesiologist could kill a patient, not a surgeon. Right, a surgeon. She's like, oh, was that, you know, was, was Matthew the anesthesiologist that day? Oh, he may have been or whatever. You know, it's, it's, which is kind of weird at that point to like, I mean, He's already shifting the the blame, kind of like yeah, and you you know, and you're obviously he. Was, I think he. I don't know if he explicitly says it that he was drinking, or but I, it, you you know from that scene that yeah, he was drinking a little bit. He wasn't, and and he hasn't hasn't had a drink since that day. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I love that that whole little thing about that. You know, a surgeon can never kill a patient. A surgeon a surgeon can fail to save a patient, but an anesthesiologist. Are the ones that kill? It was like a weird thing. Yeah, Which I remember watching it being like, "No, that's not true." Which I it, I know it doesn't matter, but it was just right. Um, I think after that is that after is after that when we go to the hospital room with Bob and Kim next to each other, and Kim gets the call on her cell phone. Yeah, and, and Martin is outside and he's talking to her, and he kind of tells her to get up and walk over to the window. Yeah, you really think that's possible, she says. And she gets up. And walks to the window. And... Then Bob wants to try. Yeah. But remember, once Martin hangs the phone up, she loses... Yeah. Her... Yeah, he's not by the window anymore. Yeah, when she, she goes out, he's there. not... She, he's no longer outside. In the parking lot. Bob tries to go <laughs> to get out of bed. And just... Boom. Down. <laughs> Bob, Bob falls so many times in this, this movie. This poor kid. I know. Um, which is, like, weird with that whole, like, kind of once she hangs up that... Like, she loses the use of her legs again at that point. And which, even at this point, I know for me, I didn't, like, I had, I was like, oh, I wonder what's causing this. Which I don't know if you felt that way. You're like, well, how did he do this? Which it came in my head and it didn't really matter to me. No, I mean, I didn't really think about it too much. I, I just... Got it down. Yeah, to you're like, like oh, I, I wonder believed, how he did it, and then whatever. No, like, I, but yeah, I just believed that like Martin was causing this, and that he had the, that just showed me that he had the ability to, to yeah, to fix them or like make them walk. Yeah, he had the, he was the one that was that just showed me he was the one who was taking it away from them and could had the power to give it back. Yeah, because I know when when I watch it with uh, the intern Kate, she was kind of like, oh, how do you do that? And I'm like. I never, I never really even gave that much thought. I didn't care because it was happening, and I kind of knew that we weren't. This wasn't like, 
what was the scheme to make them lose the their you know the use of their light? Like I didn't care yeah. about that whole part. Mm-hmm. Which I've seen things where it was like, oh, remember he gave them all gifts. It had to deal with the gifts, um, because hmm. he gave them this, and so they had it. So it could have been that that did it, and it was a type of poison. I'm like, I don't. That, no, yeah, I would. Who gives adding, a shit? Yeah, trying to trying to uh, reason with. Like how, yeah, how he made the it practicality happen. of it doesn't. Yeah, I don't. That's what's not. Yeah. Thank you. That's the word. The, I didn't care about the practicality of it. No, it no. was happening. I wasn't. It was happening because of Martin. So I'm, yeah, that's I'm all I really felt the need to know. Then Anna takes Kim's phone away, and then Kim. This is where the kids. So this part of the movie is where the kids really start to get good and oh, start yeah. to have like. They're kind of um, having their own kind of scenes. They kind of own the scene. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she tells her that soon she's not going to be able to move either. And she also says, like, fuck you. Yeah. Like, what did you say? She's like, nothing. <laughs> yeah. And because there's something. Well, does she? So I, I rewound it. So I was watching it, and then she says, what did you say? Nothing. But then I rewound it, and I didn't hear her say anything. She definitely said. She said, "Okay, I didn't know. I was like, I didn't know that was just a weird movie choice." I was like, this no, is no, no. I think like she weird. actually, I think she actually does say, "Like, oh fuck you," or or yeah, something. What'd you say? Yeah, then she takes her phone, and she's like, "You're not going to be able to move either soon. Soon it's coming for you." Or, yeah, and then you, there's still something weird going on with Anna, with Nicole Kidman's character, which mm-hmm. you really don't have it. You really don't have your finger on it. Like I, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like she was like, "Oh, just a normal, oh, everything's normal with her." No, yeah. There's something still. A I mean, everyone, bit, everyone's weird. In this yeah, movie. but I mean, like, there's still something a little bit there's off. Some, yeah. So she goes to see Martin. She confronts him about everything, and then he tells her that Steve, Stephen, has been flirting Steve with his mom. mom. Which I mean, like, I mean, we saw that scene. It wasn't really flirting. I mean, she kind of she kind of sucked on his finger, and he pulled it out of her mouth, and was like, "Oh, I got to go now." See, and left. Right. But still, it's just like kind of Martin being that fucking destructive little. You know what I mean? He's like a he's like a force. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's like kind of what he. That's what he is. Yeah, and so what's interesting, really, about this scene for me, uh, like you said, Nicole Kidman, something sort of going on there with her character. And as weird as this movie is, you sort of see when you're first introduced to the family, it's this, you know, they have a good, like a nice, happy life as yeah. a family. But she goes, so when she goes to visit Martin, she asks him, why do me, why me, why do me and my kids have to suffer? And that's when he which, said, which was, it's the only thing I can think of that's close to justice. Yeah. But like the fact that she even asked that, it's yeah, just, it's, I was like, it's like it's like wow, you're just really you really just throwing Colin Farrell under the bus here. Yeah, she's not. There, you can see that this family is not because at the beginning it's kind of like oh, nice family, you water this, you do that, blah 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 blah, nice house, hospital job, tight family, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like that whole thing. And here you're kind of like okay, here's like Martin's like taking those like threads that wound this family together. And is pulling them apart quite successfully. Yeah, and he tells a story about spaghetti. I forget he's eating the spaghetti, and he says, "You know, everyone always said to me that I reminded them of my father the way I ate spaghetti." 
the way I put it in the plate and I twisted the fork around and I pick it up and then I took a bite. And it talk, kind of talks about how that meant something to him until he realized that that's how everybody Everyone. eats spaghetti. Yeah. And then he even said that he Which was then, more upset when he found out that he didn't eat spaghetti differently than everyone else, than he was that his dad died. Yeah. He says that. He yeah. says he was more upset about the spaghetti thing than yeah, his than dad the, being dead. Which, and the whole time he has this huge plate of spaghetti and he's twirling the fork and then it's like, it's just like gross. Yeah. It looks like, it, you know what? It's and, weird. Because remember I'm looking at it and I'm going, that looks cold. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that looks, a, that's a cold plate of spaghetti. That's a, <laughs> which is, that's how you know this kid's fucking. That's your review. That's your review of this movie. Some real cold spaghetti. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like, I mean, if everything else he did wasn't twisted enough, cold spaghetti on top of it. Yeah. Then... Yeah, yeah. So we know. Yeah. Then we're, Anna goes and talks to the anesthesiologist. Right, and he wa- she wants some information about the night that Martin's father was killed. Yeah, and to do that, he she offers him something that he like she didn't get when they were over for dinner the one time. Yeah, or something like that. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, I owe you the thing, and it's like weird. Because that thing is a hand job. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, in like a minivan. One. Yeah. You're like under an overpass and in they're the ta- daytime. While talking. While talking about. Someone <laughs> dying. While talking about if he was in there. Which then, I think it's during, I think it's before completion is when <laughs> he mentions a surgeon can kill somebody and it's it's easy, I just, just can't. can't you're like well we just here we right here we have a difference in the way these people look at surgery yeah we have a different belief system when it comes to these two partners operating on their patients mm-hmm. um then this is where she calls steven out on and i guess basically he's blaming him for this entire situation so that's they they bring them home, right? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. So the the um, they come home and the doc, yeah, the right? hospital. There's nothing else the hospital can do. Yeah, they've so done all these tests. There's nothing they can do, and they end up having to just go home. Well, at home they have the tubes that they're feeding them through, and then Anna and Stephen fight over the the situation. Um, yeah, he starts throwing just plates everywhere. Which that. I love that scene when they're in the kitchen and she's like, well, why don't you do something? And he's kind of not believing that it's supernatural. And that's when he's like, oh, we want me to do something? Oh, well, perfect. I have, uh, I have cow's blood right here. Didn't I just have the cow's blood right here? Oh, wasn't there pubes of a virgin or something like that? Remember, he's like, are they in this drawer? Oh, look at that. No, they're not. Are they up here? And the whole time he's tearing the whole kitchen up looking for all like supernatural, almost like, oh, let me yeah. make this mixture or this thing and tears the fucking kitchen but i just love that whole scene when he's like looking for like the pubes or whatever he's yeah about. yeah it's he's great like, oh, are they in here oh of oh, course they're not yeah. maybe i put them in this drawer like yeah. someone like like that's where you would store right them. yeah i mean and so it's like the first it's really it's like the most emotion we've seen too because everything's very robotic and even the way he talks is still a little bit robotic but he you know you can see how you know frustrated he is by the situation and but he, she did she did say to him do something about it and he does. Yes. So that's when, uh, doesn't he come and wake her up? Yeah. They go downstairs and... Martin. He, he kidnapped Martin. 
Martin is tied to the chair, and he beat the shit out of him. Oh, yeah. Rightfully so, at this point. Yeah. Um, you know, he's kind of, like, demanding that he, like, stop whatever you're doing to the children, and Martin's just kind of like, well, I mean, no. Time is running out, so you yeah. have to make the choice, and that's when they have that... It's so gross. Is that when they have the um, where he bites himself? Oh yeah, uh, ooh. Because doesn't he bite? Yeah, he, he bites, bites Colin Farrell's like now we got to be the same, and he goes and bites and this. bites into his own arm like so viciously and spits it out, and then spits the piece of like flesh that he bit off of his own arm on the floor. Yeah, and yeah, he's just. None of this is doing anything. Right. This doesn't affect him at all. Martin's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to decide on which one of your children you're going to kill or they're all going yeah. to be dead. Yeah. And then, the, but the next scene is awesome. Again, from the kids. It's so, so Kim, who's now taken up smoking. Yeah. In the house, right? In the house. In her wheelchair. And she, she looks at Bob and, you know, this is where she, she, um, she she tells Bob that he's going to be the one that Dad decides to yeah, kill. They're going to choose to kill you. Which again, it's another moment where it was kind of like, what? Wow. Kim, come, like come on, come like on, Anna first is like, why why do we have to suffer for what my husband did? And not now really back. Like, Bob, you're you're done. Not looking so good for you, bud. <laughs> yeah, and I know it's exactly. You're like, oh, is that when she has the conversation when she asks him once he's gone, can I have your MP3 player because I keep losing mine? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, she like borrows it in the earlier on. She's a real, she's a real like piece of shit at this part. Yeah, real, real. Like, like I understand they're going through this kind of like crazy thing, but she also still for some reason has this like, like this like she like loves Martin still. Like, that whole kind of bond between them isn't really broken, even though, that like, all of this is his fault, what's happening to them. Absolutely. Um, So, Bob, now completely nervous about what Kim told him, goes to, what, he cuts his hair. He cuts his hair himself, and he's sitting there, and... He's like, hey, Dad, I cut cut my hair. Like, I'm sorry, it took so long. He drags himself across the floor into the kitchen, and that's where I think, that's where Steven is, and he's like, hey, Dad, Dad... I cut my hair. I'm so sorry. You're right. It was really hot. It was long. I'm I'm so sorry. It took me so long to cut my hair. And now you're like, oh wow, Bob believes her, and now he's trying to like let me try and be. Let me try and be a better kid. Yeah. Because, I mean, I think that kind of also ties into like when in the beginning when we Colin Farrell was very rough with him. Yeah, but but still, you I got the I had the idea where I where was, I had gotten the idea where. Um, you know, Steve, yeah, Kim says this to Bob, but like that's completely ridiculous. Steve isn't gonna kill one of one of you. Yeah. He's not gonna it, do it. it. it like just, it's not gonna it, come to that. Like, don't be ridiculous. Like it and also at this point the kids don't know that they have Martin in the basement. Right. And it's also like she's just being a asshole. Yeah. But the next scene then is Steven going to the school and talking to the teacher or the principal or whoever and asks which of the kids are better. Yeah, and it's like so now you're starting to see. So maybe now he, you're like, oh wow, he's he kind of like I think he's maybe thinking about thinking this, about killing his kid. And he's like, you know, uh, you know, the kids are fine, everything, you know, outside than you know the 
She's she's good with science and math. He's good with literature and history. Yeah, you know, I mean, nothing out of the ordinary. If anything big were to happen, we would have told you. And then that's when they that's when he brings up that she wrote a great paper on Iphigenia, which I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, you did practice before. I did. I did look up how to say it. Um, now, what was the cinematographer's name? Of this movie? Oh, shut up. <laughs> so Iphigenia is, you know, it's, it's part of, like, Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, kind of the basic of it is, like, you know, the Greek leader, uh, Agamemnon, while preparing his fleet to sail to Troy, accidentally kills a deer. So there's kind of where you the get killing the killing of a, of a sacred, sacred deer. deer. In a grove that's sacred to Artemis, the goddess of the hunt, she punishes him by foiling his fleet's plans, destroy... Um, uh, he seeks help from a seer who tells him that to turn the tide, he must sacrifice his daughter, Iphigenia. He at first refuses, but as the situation grows more uh, you know, dire, he starts to reconsider. Um, there's different versions of how it ends in some versions of the myth. Uh, Iphigenia herself catches wind of the gods of man and pleads with her father to sacrifice her life, this whole kind of thing. So, you know, it, it's... I didn't know that. When I watch it, mm-hmm. I looked it up afterwards, reading you know articles about it. But I, I think it's kind of cool because it, it also you know it they off it's an offhanded comment. All he does is oh she wrote a paper and they loved it. And then when you look it up, you bring up okay, there's the killing of a sacred deer. This kind of has a mythology to it, which kind of which is it's a great attention to detail. Yeah, which, I, I something like that. that yeah, which is is really cool, really nice. Which I mean, it, there's I don't know if it's next how much further it is but there is kind of a point where isn't she talking to him and talking about like just kill me i think she goes to steven and is like you know bob's so young blah blah blah, this whole because at some point she flips from it's going to be bob to oh just it's me like you know what i mean she's yeah she does yeah you kind of think like maybe she's trying reverse psychology like oh like yeah let me you know yeah maybe if i do that like he'll end up not wanting to do it which you know they also have the conversation about like uh, the kids have the conversation about the basis of it is you know who do they like more? And Bob's like, oh, well, they're buying. They bought me a piano. It's gonna be here in two weeks. You know because they talk about oh he's in his piano lessons. He should have his own piano. So now it's like oh no they like me more. So now it's kind of like turning almost between them into this like weird kind of little competition. Yeah. On who's not going to die? Right. And it's even but even yeah Stephen's thinking about it. He asks like which one is better. When he asks, and he goes meets with the person at the school, and he the guy says like that's a hard question to answer. I can't really answer that for you. Uh, so it, there's no easy decision for Stephen to make. Obviously, in this situation, we also have when um, Anna kind of says to him, you know, okay. Killing one of them, that's going to be, that's like clearly the only option. Right, yeah. We I'm, can have another kid. I'm young. We can have another kid again, which you're like, oh my which, God. Which, like, Nicole Kidman. So I'm thinking of, so th- there's this point where I'm watching this movie and I'm thinking, like, because I, I try to put myself a little bit in that situation. So like, say it was our family. Say mom. And dad, like, say something between, like, mom and dad had to deal with this and I think a the right a, a good mother would want nothing more than to sacrifice herself 
to oh, save yeah, her yeah, kids. It would be weird to be like, you know what? Listen, like, I'm still young, so no matter which one we choose, no mother would ever say, maybe let's kill one and then we can. Yeah, we'll just kill one. It'll save the rest of us, and then yeah. So like, we'll just have another kid. I mean, what yeah. are you? Nicole Kidman's kind of fucked up. In this movie. <laughs> yeah, she is a little bit in this movie. Uh, uh, but yeah, like. Yeah, cause I was thinking, I was like, okay, like if this happened to my mom, I know my mom would be kill me, save the kids. Because that, that's what a good, I think a good mother would do. And Nicole Kidman doesn't, first of all, you know, doesn't back up the husband, doesn't back up Stephen at all. No. Why us? Why, why, why do we have to yeah. suffer? And then, hey, let's kill one of the kids. Yeah, I can have another kid. Mother of the year. Yeah. Um, then she gets naked again. And lays on the bed. The same and way then her he, daughter did. Right. And then he goes to bed. He, he just ignores her and like, goes to sleep. Yeah. That whole like that whole thing is weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why she does it. I think it's like cool visually when you see it. Like, it's a cool looking shot. And then it, I think I like when the when the daughter imitates it, it makes it stranger. But I kind of like that she imitates it. Like, I think it it works within what we're watching here. Um, but that's when, after this, is we have Kim when she sneaks down to the basement. I yeah, believe, to see. Martin. Yeah, yeah. So I think before this, Anna brought the kids down to see him, and I think uh, Martin says, "Boy's gonna die soon." But then, yeah, later on, so Kim sneaks down there and she says, "What's Hold on. R- but let me, let me stop you there for a second. Nicole Kim and kisses his feet when she goes down yeah. there with the kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like kind of like a it's almost a biblical. Yeah, sort very. Of. Yeah, very kind of like bowing, kissing the feet of this. I don't want to say you know it's a powerful person. Yeah. Person. Yeah. Kinda. Um, but yeah, so so Kim sneaks down there and says, "Let's run away." Like suggests running away together, but after you heal me, yeah, and Martin she, refuses. So then she tries to run away. Yeah. And then they're driving around looking for her, and they find her, and she's like, her her hands are all bloody, bloody and her yeah. knees are all bloody because she's been dragging herself on the ground Ugh. through the neighborhood to try and run away from Martin now, who's not helping her. Yeah. So, like, I think their bond at that their bond is getting kind of broken. Yeah. So then, after this is when Anna <laughs> tells Stephen that she let Martin go, and he's kind of like, "That was yeah, that was our only." Yeah, because well, those are only options. You know when she way. brings the kids down because Martin shoots him in the in the leg. Doesn't he shoot him in the leg? He brings the gun down there. Stephen shoots Martin. Yeah, sorry, in the leg. Stephen shoots Martin in the leg, and yeah. she goes down there. I think to check on the wound mm-hmm. with the bandage. That's why she goes down with the kids. And when she's working on there, that's when she kisses the feet. But so anyway, so she lets him go, right? Um, and she kind of makes that that argument to him. That's like, um. Holding them captive, it's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. The kids are still getting sicker, and then it's later that day when Bob is sitting there and his eyes start to bleed, which is so cool looking. Yeah, it really like when he's sitting there and you see him kind of like blinking his eyes, and he wipes, and there's blood on his hands, and there's just blood pouring out of his eyes, and then. He's having the conversation with Steven as Steven's wiping the blood away and they're kind of talking about, you know, I don't know, does he bring up it should be me to him there? Yeah, I think so. You know, it's, you know, it just, you know, let me do it. It'll be okay. Safe can't, you know, this like, 
So like Steve's getting like this input from like kind of everywhere. About, you know I mean, like about, Anna's like, oh, we choose to do one. We can have another one. And now he's like, well, shit, she's on board. And now he has to make the decision which one. Mm-hmm. Both of them are kind of arguing like, let's kill me. And it's all like, what the fuck is he going to do? And um, that's when he summons Anna downstairs. Which are upstairs, and she talked about, and I completely forgot about it. In the beginning of the movie, she talks about a, a black a dr- dress. A black dress, and so she brings it up again. And she says, oh, you know, um, come on, let's go. The kids are in the living room. And she says, okay, I think I'll wear that black dress. Like, and you're kind of like, what's going on? Yeah, like, she's like, what? oh, the, the one I like or whatever. And yeah, yeah, that one. Um, and then when we go downstairs, he is taping Anna to the chair. And the kids are already taped the up. The kids are already taped up and then he puts like pillowcases over all their heads yeah and at this point i'm like holy shit he's gonna shoot one of them but not let the other one see which one he's gonna shoot i'm like dude that that's like that's fucked up but that's kind of the point he's at and then you realize that for some reason he's wearing a beanie and because he has the gun in his hand and then he pulls the beanie over his eyes and i'm like no, 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 no. No, yeah. Come on. Like, dude, what? Like, <laughs> like, and I remember I was really, I watched this. Um, I saw it. I watched it at work one night while I was doing my fire brigade shit. So I'm watching it and I'm in the, I'm in the one room and I got the big TV up and I'm watching it and the music's building and he's, he kind of puts the thing on his head and they, like, when he's getting ready to start, the music kind of stops. I was so locked in because someone knocked on the door and it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. But like I was, I was really into this like scene. Scene. Like this had me, my, this had all my attention. Then he puts the beanie over his eyes and he starts spinning. Oh my God. And you're like, holy shit. He's just going to fucking tape them all to a chair, put bags over their heads cover his eyes and spin and randomly shoot. And I think it's a great tense moment. And it, as he's spinning and then he fires the shot and, and he you mi- see, you know, yeah. he, he misses, you see it, it hits like a, a lampshade and mm-hmm. you see like, uh, you see Anna jump in her chair. Yeah. And he, he you know, then he's like kind of panicked. He takes the beanie over his eyes and he's like, oh, okay, they're all still alive, but now he has to do it again. So it's like this kind of like, Russian, okay, it's I like a Russian roulette type thing. Like. Yeah, but it's like, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause he's kind of like, okay, I didn't kill any of them. I, well, shit, I have That's, to kill all of their older yeah. guys. So he puts over his head and he spins around again and he fires a shot. And it's boom. And they all jump again and he doesn't hit anybody. And then it's like filmmaking 101. Yeah. It's going to be on the, th- I think it's on the third on the try. Third try, yeah. Um, so he pulls the thing over his eyes again. He turns and he shoots and he hits Bob. Poor Bob. Right? And he hits Bob and you kind of see, you see the bullet go into the couch and then Bob starts bleeding and then he kind of takes the, he take uncovers his eyes and looks and sees the blood starting to pour out of the front of Bob, who's now taped, like attached and tied to the couch with this like hood over his head, just like lifeless little yeah. kid with the blood coming out of him. And it's weird because you're like, oh, sh- fuck. But that's like, that's the solution. Right. That's that was like, the only way. that fixes the whole problem of the movie. Yeah, because they were all going to die if he didn't do anything. What? Yeah, just... 
It's rough because Bob is probably the the least cynical, the, like the nicest. He's the most one. innocent character. He's the most innocent out of all of them. Yeah, like I mean, completely everything yeah. about him. Yeah, you know, like I mean, because you know, Anna has like weird. There's like a weird thing with her, and then the thing with the anesthesiologist. Like, there's weird shit about it. Not saying that any of these characters are like, deserve, deserve to, to die. die. And then Kim, but Kim's like, you're gonna die. Like, th- like yeah, like she gets like real bitchy towards them, and like, and she's like taking Martin's side until the point, like even even while like she's paralyzed, she's still taking his side, knowing he did all of this. Yeah, and then Bob's well, just kind of like Bob just kind of wants his dad to love him and accept him. You know, like, I cut my hair for you, Dad. Like, you know I'm, what I mean? Like, like yeah, like, he's, like, trying, like, the the things that he has to repent for, in a way, are he didn't get his hair cut or water the flowers. You know what I mean? Like, that's way less than what the other characters were doing. Were doing. It did, I mean, in a sense, yeah. wrong. Um, so, you know, you, you have that, and then they don't tell you the amount of time, but later the family is visiting the same diner where Stephen would go with... Martin, um, they all sit in silence. It's kind of like this, like blaring scores, like playing, and it's, mm-hmm. it's like really gorgeous. Um, you know, they kind of sit in silence, and then Martin comes in, stares at him. They lock eyes with him. Kim eats real quick, and then they stand and they leave. And Martin watches them as they walk through the door, and then it ends. That's it, and that's. That's what you get. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't... It kind of, you know, here's these people, here's this conflict, this conflict is now resolved in a way. You know what I mean? And like, it, when you see them at the at the diner, it's like kind of weird because it's like, oh, you know what? They're, they're continuing on. They're still a family. They're still getting on. They're still getting along this whole thing. But like at the same time, to get to that point, what they had to do is like really... Shitty. Yeah. I mean, like, to solve this problem, they had to kill their own fucking kid. Yeah. So, like, when you see him at the end, you're like, oh, there they are. They're, you know, oh, the family, they're still there. And it's like, wait a minute. They only got there, you know. Yeah. He technically murdered his kid. Yeah, but. Like, I guess, like, the police don't care in this world. Yeah, but fuck the police in that world. Yeah. It's, It's just like. Yeah, it's a weird ending because they yeah. kind of see Martin and there's no like, oh, there's no fight showdown thing. Because I think it's kind of like, well, he fucking made us kill our own kid. We're going to stay away from that. And it's almost like he doesn't bother them because it's kind of like, listen, that's the that's justice. This is the justice that he wanted. That debt is now solved. So. Yeah, I mean, so I, I asked you to watch this. Yeah. How do you feel? I mean, I, I know kind of how you feel about it as we talk through it. Yeah. Um, what was your, like, when you were done watching it, kind of, what was your initial? Well, no, I mean, I was watching I'm like, this is throughout the most, throughout, you know, I tweeted from, uh, you know, from my account and then I believe retweeted it from the Key of the Banter account. I was like, what a weird little movie Nick has me watching. Yep. Um, but I enjoyed it. I was thoroughly intrigued throughout the entire thing, you know, like. There wasn't a point where I was like, okay, I'm kind of bored with what's going on. Because it's, it's a slow movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, it's a... It's not like an in-your-face, like, no, tense thriller. But yeah. it is tense. It is very... It is tense. Um, 
you know, it's, I really, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the direction, um, in the movie just cause it's, it's very, it's a very unique, uh, very unique, uh, directing style that he has. So I, he think, has a overall aesthetic. Yeah. So I enjoyed, I, yeah, I was, I was, I, I was impressed with that. I, um, I think as you watch, once you watch the lobster and dog, once you kind of have those, yeah, you sort of get, you're like, okay, like this yeah. is this is, which him. is probably other films because I think he's written in, I think he's directed twelve and written eight of them. Okay. I've only seen three, but even within those three, well, right. I mean, he's had the two are the main, more you know, the American, you know, yeah, English mainstream other ones uh, like Dog Tooth isn't even like you said isn't even in English. Uh, yeah, I, I I really enjoyed it. I mean that. That final sequence of him spinning around doing that—that's a big payoff. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those. That, that's a, that's something that sticks with you. That's mm-hmm. a sequence. That's a scene that will stick with you. It's like, you know, uh, you know, there's weird movies that don't have that sort of pay. Like when the payoff is the most important thing. Um, that's a memorable scene. I think I'm always going to remember that. Yeah, you know, just movie for that scene and what what it does. Uh, now you told me to add it to my queue. Yes. So like. It's it's a tough one. It's a tough one for me to say. Okay, hello, people who listen to our podcast. You should totally watch this movie. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not good. It's it's an, it's an excellent movie. I really enjoyed it. But you know, it's that this is a hard movie to tell other people to watch. This is one of those movies you tell people to watch and they watch it and like, why did you tell me to watch that? Which is like, which is kind of funny because uh, at work, I've told a coworker to watch this movie. Okay, and I was like. Oh, you and your fiance should watch Dog, not Dog Two. Should watch The Killing of a Sacred Deer. I'm like, oh, is that the movie with Colin? I'm like, yeah, just watch it. And she did. She's like, oh, we we watched that. I'm like, what do you think? She's like, that was weird. But there was no like, because I know it is one of those kind of movies that's like, there's some people that just don't like it or they can't get into it. I mean, any of that. But no, it wasn't a total. Oh, I hate this. Movie. It wasn't a total was a, failure. Of yeah, a, no, of no, it was a, not of a total cue suggestion. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, so I mean, um, yeah, I I think because you know it is slow moving, so I do think that like I think that ending is really strong. The way mm-hmm. that scene's done, the, it kind of builds up to this like we're like okay, they're trying to figure out how to get out of it, and then literally to get out of it, it's just literally okay. The three of you have a th- you know. It's all down to it, the chance of survival. No matter what they've done, it still leads up to it's all to chance at this point here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that even that you know, even say there's there's times where you're you're still you get kind of confused and you're not given enough, and maybe it might slow down for some. That the way that this movie closes out with that scene with his eyes covered spinning, I think that kind of when you get there, it's worth it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That that's the way I look at it. Like if it had a weaker ending, I wish that's easy to say. If the ending's weak, the movie's weak. But I mean, because the movie kind of builds itself strong here. That if that ending didn't work the way this one does, I think this movie could could easily be a complete failure without kind of that. Right. There that needs payoff. to be a payoff with yeah with this type of movie, and there was. I think, and like I said, that that final sequence is something. With the type of movie, you know, because this is bold filmmaking that that he does. It's not. It's not. It's not normal by any means. So, you know, taking it's a risk. It's it's you know it's, you got to take risks with this type of movie. And I think that that final scene really is is a big payoff for for what this movie was doing. 
Oh yeah, I I, I completely agree on like kind of the risk. Yeah, but you know, I I have seen people that people that haven't liked it, or you know, I was bored by it and like it. Which I mean, obviously, it's it's slower. Plus, I mean, there's like you know, I mean, you, what, I, what I was saying. Besides, it's slower. It's also film. So you know what yeah. I mean. It's like it really does come down to taste with some stuff. Yeah, but I still think for to have like this kind of aesthetic film, I mean, filmmaking style that kind of works through those different movies of these kind of like weird, like, you know, just offbeat realities mm-hmm. that are different that I think this really, this really works to kind of build this world that looks just like your and, you know, and my world. Right. But there's, it's still Something's off. a little off. Yeah. And it back to the kind of the thing I brought up about, well, how do you do it? And, you know, you know what I mean? Like, cause before watching it with the intern, I didn't even think of how is this happening. Yeah, it just didn't. To me, it didn't matter. Which I know that there's going to be people, which that open. I know there's going to be people that be like, "Well, how do you do it?" And it's like, "Well, listen, look at what's going on. It doesn't really matter how he. This is not about how how he did, he did it. it. This is about the choice. It's about the choice that the father has to make. He has to tear part of the family apart to save the entire family. You know what I yeah. mean? So that's kind of." That's kind of how I look at it. Right. That's where, yeah, that's the, that's the, uh, subject of intrigue for this. Yeah. Cause you're not trying to solve a crime here. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of, I think that's where that aspect, it's like, oh, oh, he did this. We need to, you know, it's not, it's not catch the bad guy. Right. Cause it, no part of this, do they mention, we'll go to, they mentioned, oh, we should go to the police. That's mentioned one time. And then it's like, no. Yeah. So. This is all within them to figure out. It's a family figuring out how to stay together, I guess. To you know, it's like kind of like okay, let's try and not kill the whole family is kind of the problem they have to solve. Yeah, it's and a good little family motion picture. National Lampoons. Let's not kill the entire family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I I would. I would recommend this, right? And you already people, and you which, have which like I would too. I mean, I I but I, I would there would always be a caveat with it. Like, okay, if you're like if you're into you know different types of movies, not just like the mainstream, totally give this a look. Or you know, I don't I know that. if I would necessarily suggest it to dad because dad always goes on like the big uh, tangents about movies with positive endings. It's like because dad wants to go. Some people every movie, people like this. Some want- people go into movies. Look, real life is kind of sucky. I want to be taken to a yeah. happy place. So there's some people who go into movies that way and like want a happy ending. Which yeah, that that's dad. Yeah, you know, he's kind of like, oh man, it's got to be like this. I didn't like it, and I'm like, what? No, because that, that's exactly how the movie would have to go. Yeah, you know, and there's movies I'll go and see, and I'll be like, oh man, like I really wanted them to make it, and they don't, and like, but then that's when I would go back and I'd rewatch it, knowing how the movie is supposed to go. Yeah, and then I appreciate. Why it has to go that yeah, way, yeah, and yeah. How, why it gets to that point, and this would be one of those movies. You know, if I watch, I'd probably like this more a second time watching it, just because okay. yeah, understanding get, where it goes. I get that because I've seen it twice, right? And you, I mean, I watched it myself, and then I told Kate the intern to add it to her queue, and she did, and I watched it with her, right? Because you're, I mean, you're just if you're watching a movie, if you're watching this movie, and you're not hoping for the family to figure it out and get everything solved, then. Obviously, in terms of not in terms of what the movie needs, because like, watching it from a, like what what the story needs, that type of perspective, yeah, it needed to go this way. He, he needed to kill someone at the end. Yeah, of Yeah, that's movie. what he had to do. That's what have made this movie 
good, like different, you know. Um, whereas, yeah, say they solve it at the end. No. This movie no. wouldn't have been nearly as good. But obviously, I, when you watch the movie, you don't want him to kill yeah, no, no, no. Poor I, Bob. Yeah, I get you. But when the movie's done, it's not. Well, that's like you know, you go, people. Oh, it's not reality. I want a happy ending. Why watch it? I'm like, well, you know what? It's not reality, so it can have that ending with no ramifications in the actual world. Like, right. would, you know what I mean? I almost look at it. Look, I would rather have people be shitty on screen forever than in real life. Than in real life. So you know what I mean? So that's like, so like, because you turn the news on and it's like always, you know, you get like the worst shit ever happened, and that's reality. Mm-hmm. I, you know what I mean? I'd rather have happy news, terrible people in movies than not saying that people that want happy endings want shitty news. But do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's yeah. This, it's, you watch a story like this where you can actually get into it. You can kind of get a grasp of these characters. You know what I mean? Like, you can kind of, um, you can under, you try and put, every time I watch a movie, a lot of people do this, probably the majority. And if not, you should try, is you put yourself in this person's shoes. So, kind of like you said, as you're watching, we're Wow, you thinking our family dynamic with how would this react to you? You kind of put yourself in that thing. Mm-hmm. So even when you go, oh, I don't know the answer, you don't have to know the answer because it's a fucking movie. And when it's over, you go, oh, okay, you have a bowl of ice cream, everyone's happy, and you go to, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah I actually never, so I never actually looked at it like that, you know, because like you said, like I said, dad and other people make the argument, you know, they want to go to the movie to be transported to a happier place. They want to be in a happier place. But yeah, but what movies provide you with the opportunities, you can watch a shitty situation like this yeah. and not necessarily feel bad about it. Yeah, that's what you, I mean. You can feel bad about it while watching it, but then like... There's no ramifications, like you said. Yeah, like, like I, exactly. I can watch... Yeah, I can, I can watch I can watch a family fall apart and have Colin Farrell shoot his son and it be okay because it's a movie. Yeah, when the credit troll, I go... Wow, it's pretty weird, and it's fine. I don't have to, you know what I mean? It's not like, you know I mean, because like, when you watch on the news and it's like, oh, a string of local robberies, it's like, well, I better lock the car and the door and make sure this is put away and that, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this, I go, oh, it's a movie where they're robbing a small neighborhood and shooting everybody, and you're like, oh, that's terrible. Could you imagine that happened here? That would be scary, and then it's over, and you go, well, we're going to go to bed now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I would, I would obviously, I already have recommended it to people, to multiple people. Yeah. You know, oh, you should, you should watch it. Um, even if it's someone, you know, that's like, I might just tell them, just give it a try. Right. Cause it's I, different, I, but watch it. Like it's good. Yeah. Cause I would, you know, I always say like, you know, I feel like sometimes too much with with movies people kind of put themselves in a box that's this is the kind of movie i like and like they almost make it an absolute i don't like anything outside of you know what i mean like it's like like you know my crusade for people to watch more westerns you know what i mean kind of like this thing that's like you know oh no i don't like that and so well how do you know that you don't like an entire genre of movies like even like for me it's hard for me to get into say something like the hobbit you know Right. Fantasy films. I know yeah. people have problems with those. And it's like, okay, that, I mean, that's fine, but the only person missing out on a great film is you at that point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, sometimes I would just recommend it, give it to someone, try something different. You know what I mean? I almost look at, like, these kind of movies like food. Oh, I don't like this kind of food. Right. We ever had it like this? Try it because it might open 
your eyes to a whole yeah, new ah, horizon. I don't like fish. Oh, well, you should try this fish. Try, try this fish this that's made with this. You know what I mean? Oh, wow, that's good. And the, you know what I mean? Then your whole horizons are open to something new and different right. that you are not used to. Yeah. So interestingly enough, not about it's more about food rather than movies. But so Nikki went to Australia okay. in February. And Nikki doesn't like ketchup. But they don't put sugar in ketchup in Australia. So it's more So tangy. she went there and tried it there. Liked it. Now she likes ketchup here. Here, yeah. It's a weird. Yeah, it, yeah. No, no. That's ex- yeah. That's exactly what kind of what I'm. Mm-hmm. Kind of what I'm. Yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, here, try like, it this way. I always think about might... like seafood. Oh, I don't like seafood. Oh well, have you had mahi? Right. That's try, like, oh well, that's not, I like mahi. Now I like try more seafood. Fr- yeah. You know, tried fried flounder first. It's a simple. It doesn't have too much of a strong taste. Then you kind of broaden your horizon to these yeah. cool things, which is how I was. Now I love pretty much all. Seafood, and that's kind of the way I want to look at it, like with movies, where it's like, mm. should I? Yeah, so like, should I watch this movie? Yeah, it's his style's an acquired taste. Yeah, but it's worth it once you get but when you get used you to it. You never know if you're going to acquire it or not unless you actually give it a try. Exactly. So this would be one of those off. This would be one of those strange ones that I would probably recommend to more people. Mm-hmm. This would be a weird one that I would recommend to more people. Than I think other films kind of that are made in like that realm. these kind of yeah. weird films here. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd agree with that. So don't forget to subscribe and rate and drop a review. Um, as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Cue the Banter and also on Instagram which is also at cue the banter. And don't forget to drop us your suggestions for movies that you would like us to watch because we will watch them and we will talk about them on the show. In our segment called at two Q. <laughs> it's such a smart play on words. I know that's what this whole show is. Yeah. And we just, it, I think it'd be cool to get more more people involved in it. So, you know, if there's a movie that you saw that you kind of want to know how we would feel, or if it's a movie that you just want to know how anybody feels about it, let us know and we'll, we'll watch it. And we'll, we'll do an episode on it. Yeah. So until next time, signing off, this is Nick. This is Jared. And this is